right, well, welcome back to our series we've been doing called The Heart of Christmas. And uh, a few weeks ago, we started this series talking about at the heart of Christmas, there's hope. Uh, no matter where your circumstances, that there's hope is there. We talked about uh, the fact that at the heart of Christmas, there's love. For God so loved you that he sent his one and only son. Last week, we talked about the fact that at the heart of Christmas is transformation. And uh, that God can transfer even somebody like the Grinch. And the children did a marvelous job in helping us understand how a heart can be changed. Today, I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about the fact that at the heart of Christmas, there are miracles. Just a thought. Do you believe in miracles? Well, two people did. Anyway, that's that's not bad. Let's let's get again. Do you believe in miracles? Do, Do you believe that God sometimes acts in ways that are beyond our understanding? Now, sometimes we we call it supernatural. Uh, moves. But the fact of the matter is, miracles aren't supernatural for God. They are just simply a part of what He does. And the question I would start with today is this What is the miracle that you need today? What's the miracle that you're praying for? What way do you need God to act in a way that's not just ordinary, but extraordinary? And do you believe that God can show up for you in that kind of way? uh, We have a friend. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. Uh, The lady on the right, right there, that's Katie uh, Correas. Katie uh, was in our church in uh, Phoenix years ago and now lives in uh, Hartville, uh, Missouri. And she posted on Facebook, she's one of my friends on Facebook, and her Facebook post popped up on my feed a couple days ago. And she was talking about the fact that this last Thursday night, uh, she was out in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, which is a lot of Missouri, actually, isn't it nowhere, but it's out in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, and, um, and outside of town, and she blew a tire, not just had a flat, blew a tire. And she said, here I am, it's 9.45 at night, and uh, I'm out in the middle on this country road, no, you know, no one around, no lights, no civilization around me. And she said, I'm sitting on the side of the road, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I'm like praying, Lord, how, you know, I, I need help, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to handle it? And uh, lo and behold, uh, a car comes by and stops. Throw that next picture up on the screen. And this was the young man. Uh, his name is Braden, and Braden got out of his truck, and he came over to the car, and he said, do you need some help? And she said, I sure do. Now, here's one. Can we just take it to one more step? How many of you, that would be enough? You'd be, you'd be happy with that, okay? Braden is Katie's mechanic. Let that sink in a second. And Katie said when she saw Braden's face, she's like, okay, God, now you're showing off. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could have had someone stop. That would have been enough. Someone to give me, you know, just kind of make me know I'm protected. That would be fine. But here you, you know, you don't just give me someone. You gave me my mechanic. And he gets her tire off. He gets her to his shop. He gets her a new tire, gets it back on her car. And in less than an hour, she's back on her way. Now, you can say, wow, what a coincidence. Or you can say, maybe God was watching out for Katie. And maybe that was one little Christmas miracle that she needed that God provided. 
What's your Christmas miracle? I want to talk about that. If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track with me. I want to, I want to look at a passage of Scripture. It's, it's uh, one of the, uh, it's a, actually a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, uh, foretelling the coming of Christ and what he was going to do. It's just a great verse, and it's, it's chock full of all of the kind of miracles that God did in, involved in that. And uh, let's read it together out loud. All right, then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Look at me, and that means God with you. God with you. You know, when I was unpacking this, when I was packing this series and I was thinking about this idea of, of miracles, I was thinking, you know, the Christmas story is just chock full of all kinds of miracles. I put several of them on your outline. Um, how about the miracle of the angels? I mean, angels came to uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, you know, to them. He came to Joseph. The Mar- angels came to Mary. They, you know, they came to all of these, you know, these people. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, angels seemed like a, a pretty cool miracle to me. Uh, in fact, I thought it was funny. I was reading one girl's blog, one woman's blog, and she was talking about reading the Christmas story to her four-year-old daughter. And when she read the story about the angels coming to Mary, <laughs> said her four-year-old goes, I don't believe that. She said, what? She goes, I don't believe that. She, you don't believe what? She goes, angels. That just seems a little far-fetched for me. This is a four-year-old. And, and the mother said, well, do, do you believe that Jesus came from heaven to earth? She said, yes. Do you believe he died for your sins? Yes. Do you believe he's forgiven you? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Four-year-old says, yes. I just struggle with angels. <laughs> well, oh, okay, well, whatever. But there are angels all over the Christmas story. How about the miracle of the star? You know, one of the beautiful stories of Christmas is about this star that, you know, that appeared in the sky that we can't really explain. How about the miracle of the wise men, the magi, who come from another country, you know, and somehow God had prompted their heart and connected them to this story, and out of nowhere, they, they show up worshiping Jesus. How about the miracle of the prophecies? Do you know how many prophecies there were? There are that are written hundreds of years before Jesus ever came that tell about his coming, who he was going to be, where he was going to be born, and how it was all going to happen hundreds of years before the fact. That's a miracle. How about the miracle of a virgin birth? How many of you'd go, yeah, that's a miracle. Yeah, I can, yeah. And sometimes it's funny is sometimes I hear people that, you know, are even God believers that struggle with that. Well, maybe she really wasn't a virgin. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, God just kind of blessed her and Joseph. No, 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 no. Don't you think God could do that? Rewind the tape a little bit. Can we go back through history? You remember the story of Abraham and Sarah? You remember how old Abraham was when he became a father? A hundred years old. And Sarah was 90. Now, just a question, but if God can give a child to a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman, don't you think he could probably do it for a woman who never knew a man yet? I think God probably could. Amen? I think he probably could. How about the miracle of the the incantation? Oh, my gosh. The incarnation. I'm I'm doing it, Wanda. I'm doing it. I make up words sometimes, Wanda tells me. The, The miracle of the incarnation where God became flesh. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. And that word was with God and that word was God. And then that word became flesh. 
and lived among us. Listen to this. And for the first time in history, we beheld the glory of God. That's a miracle. Now, I, I don't know where you come from on the whole miracle scene. And I don't know what miracle may be on your heart today that you need. But I want to give you just a few challenges and thoughts as we enter into this Christmas week about the miracles God might want to do in and through you. Are you ready? Here we go. Just a couple. Here's the first one. Can I give you this? Stop putting limits on God. Stop putting limits on God. You know, sometimes we're like that four-year-old little girl, and we begin to uh, limit what kind of miracles God can do. I believe God can do this, but maybe God can't really do that. Do you believe that God is big enough, strong enough, powerful enough? Do you believe that he's involved enough in our lives that he can do whatever miracle you need? Sunday night, or Friday night rather, there were uh, 20 of us that went to Will Rogers World Airport to do some caroling for the soldiers who were going from uh, Lawton, uh, from Fort Sill, heading, heading through. And there were hundreds of them there. I'm not sure even how many were there, but we got there about midnight. And what's funny, we're, we're pulling into the airport. And of course, it's Christmas season, and everybody's flying, trying to go somewhere. And it's bumper-to-bumper traffic, and we're, you know, we're trying to get through. And uh, so I, I called Paul Uckert, the, uh, the executive director from the Y who was there. I told him to meet us, that, we're, that we were going to be doing the caroling and baggage claim where all the soldiers were. And as we're in you know, three lanes of traffic, and we're trying to you know, merge our way through there, Dave Blackburn was driving the front van, and I was driving the one from behind. And Paul was going to meet us at that very first door. And as we got there, uh, the place opened up, and, and Dave pulled in, and I pulled in behind him. And again, if, if you've been around the airports at all this time of year, most of the people are not really nice this time of year, especially the workers. I mean, they just had it. So I, we're, we're pulling in, and people were starting to unload. And I saw this, this, this gal who was a cop, and she was directing traffic and moving people on. Get out, you move on, move on, you know. And, uh, and I just... I have such appreciation for people who do, do that kind of stuff. And while we're unloading, I think I just had too much coffee. But I, I just decided I wanted to do something fun. Now, can we just agree, most TSA people don't have a good sense of humor. But I got out of the van, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun? We were going to have to let everybody out, go park in the parking garage, and come back and meet everybody. But we're staring by, by the curb, by the unloading zone. People are getting out, and I get out of the van, and I walk over to the cow who was directing traffic, and I said, how's it going? And she goes, oh, I'm having fun, you know? And, and I walked up, and I said, hey, we're going to do some caroling for the, for the soldiers. You mind if we just leave the vans here for an hour? Now, I was just being ridiculous, I was just ready for her to go, who in the world do you think you are? Like my wife does most of the time, you know. And I, and, but this one, I could not believe this. This, this. The cop looked at me and she says, sure, I'm going to be here all night. Why not? She took her orange coins, put them in front of our vans and behind our vans and said, just come on out whenever you guys are done. <laughs> now I'm going to look you in the eye and go, that was a miracle. <laughs> If God can touch the heart of TSA, he can touch anybody's heart. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just think that sometimes we, we just put such limits on God and what he can do. But there is no limit to what God can do. Let me frame it for you this way. How many of you, be honest enough to admit, you still have some Christmas shopping to do? 
Yeah, a few of us latecomers. Yeah, how many of you, how many of you bought some stuff and now you got to put it together? Yeah. My wife and I have three grandkids to which we love to dote on. And um, my oldest son has two, uh, a 13-year-old and 11-year-old. And our 13-year-old granddaughter is autistic. And she's this cutie now who has grown up. Uh, she's 13, and she's getting really tall. She's like probably 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, she's much, much taller than Wanda. Of course, Wanda's the size of a hobbit. But she's much, you know, much, much taller than Wanda now. And, uh, and, but she's, she's just so kid-like. She's just so childlike that we, we just love her. She's just adorable. And we were trying to think what, what to do for her. Well, one of the things that Jolie always loved to do uh, when she was younger, she loved to, to ride around on little big wheels. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, she just, she just really started growing. She just got too big to pedal anything, you know, that we had. And because of her autism, she doesn't have great balance in motor skills. So, she, you know, riding a bike is kind of out of the question. Well, Wanda and I saw, decided this year we're going to get her a tricycle, a big adult trike. Have you guys seen those? Oh, they're great. You got one wheel in the front, two wheels in the back. And I'm looking at these things, and I'm thinking, I want one of those, you know. I'm at that age now, I don't need to be on a bicycle, but a tricycle with two wheels in the back, you got your own little basket, get the little bell, ching, 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 you know, and I could, you know, and then we're thinking this, and we're, we decided we were going to get this bike for her, and uh, it came this last week, it's in this huge box, and now I have to put it together. <laughs> Any of you who know me know these hands were not made to do mechanical things. They, they get mad at each other. They get in the way. They, 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 tend, to, when I st- they, they tend to start doing this to me. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm just I'm good with that. But I'm going to spend however long it takes this week putting that bike t- tricycle together for my granddaughter, Jolie, and I'm going to have it ready for Christmas. And you know why I'm going to do that? Come on, make a wild guess. Because I love her. And there's not much I wouldn't do for her. Now look at me. And God loves you even more than I love her. And there isn't much God wouldn't do for you. You know, sometimes when we think about these Christmas miracles, we think, why in the world would God do that? Because he is just way in love with you. There's nothing too hard for God. I have a a buddy... Terry Neal, who is a pastor out in Florida, he was, he was actually in Pennsylvania for some time, but down in Florida now, he posted on Facebook, this popped up, I just thought this was so cool. Terry said, as many of you know, our, our step-grandson, Jeremiah, has been going through quite an ordeal these last three weeks. He has flatlined multiple times, uh, and you all have been faithful in praying for this 17-year-old, and I thank you so much. The doctors didn't think that he would be able to be more than a living vegetable and on, on feeding tubes and a respirator. The doctors told Mark and Jennifer that they had done everything that they could do and there was nothing more that they could do. Mark told the doctors that was all right because from here on out, anything that happens, God will get the praise and glory for all of it and for the changes that we're going to see in Jeremiah. On Tuesday... Jeremiah was back. He was laughing. He was trying to talk. The doctor ordered a cap to be placed on the trichotomy that uh, he had in his throat so that he could talk. 
Uh, Jen reported that his voice was normal. Uh, all the nurses on his floor started coming in to check on him and, and say, do you remember me? Do you remember me? Do you remember me? On Wednesday of this week, the doctors reported to Mark and Jennifer that he had never seen anyone ever come back from where Jeremiah was. He had gone through multiple MRIs on his brain, and there was no chance for him. All of the areas on his brain had to be damaged because of oxygen deprivation. Only the brain stem was still intact. The doctor said, I can't explain this. And Mark said, so, I guess you'd have to call this a miracle. And the doctor said, I guess so. There's no other explanation they are getting ready to remove all the tubes and things from his throat very soon. Jeremiah is our Christmas miracle. Somebody say amen. You bet. Give God a round of applause. Again, what I want to say to you is that sometimes we look at situations, and whenever, whenever you and I use the word hopeless, I just want you to listen for the snicker from heaven. Because... With God, it's never hopeless. Amen? Look at the passage of the scripture on your outline. Jeremiah 32, 17. Read it out loud with me. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Read what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Read this with me. Everything is possible with God. What's possible? Say that word again. Your thing is possible with God. Let me give you a second thought. When you, when you think about miracles, I'll bet some of you haven't thought it in this vein. Think about this. Be a part of the miracle that God has for someone else. Be a part of the miracle that God has for someone else. How many of you know God loves you? Do you know that? Now, here's what, here's what you may not know. You see this person sitting beside you that you don't like sometimes? God loves them as much as he loves you. Amen. He loves them as much as he loves you. Now, this is really important because when we talk about God doing miracles, what we need to understand that it's not just me that God wants to do miracles for, it's the people around me. And maybe what if God wanted you to be a part of that miracle that he wanted to perform? What if God wanted to use you? What if that nudge that you feel, what if that inspiration you get, what if that brilliant idea that you come up with really isn't your idea at all. What if it's God's idea to let you be a part of the miracle he wants to do in someone else's life? And that may be a small thing, but sometimes it can even be spectacular things. I, I read a story, again, this just this last week, uh, this gal uh, named uh, Suzanne Burke lives back in Ohio. Uh, for the last number of years, she's gets her Dunkin' Donut coffee every day. And uh, three years ago, she, she met a gal who worked there. Uh, her name is Ebony Johnson. And uh, she just became friends uh, with Ebony. Every day she would go through the drive-thru and Ebony was working the drive-thru and they would talk. Ebony was a single mom with three kids. And as they began to talk, she would just kind of ask her how things were going. And they just developed this real neat connection. Well, last March, 
um, when Suzanne went through, she noticed that Ebony wasn't there. And she thought maybe she just had a day off, right? but for a whole week she wasn't around. And finally, when it started to be two weeks and she wasn't there, uh, Suzanne finally got out of her car, went in, asked for the manager and said, hey, I noticed that Ebony's not working. Is everything okay? Uh, she's become a friend and we've talked, we tend to talk a lot. And they said, well, actually she's gone through a hard time. And what they found out is a single mom had been evicted from her home. And now she was having to uh, stay with other people. She was trying to, have a, trying to find a way to kind of keep her kids out of the shelters and all that kind of stuff. And she had just fallen on hard times. And it, it broke Suzanne's heart. She said, you know, every time I'd go through, Ebony, Ebony always had a, an encouraging word. She always said something nice. She had a way of making everybody else feel good. And she said, I couldn't believe the single mom was going through all of this. And so Suzanne said, I felt like I just had to do something. And so she started contacting a few organizations in their community, and they came up with this magnificent idea. They were going to get a home for Ebony. In fact, she even contacted a company in town that had dealt with gently used furniture, and this company decided they would fully furnish whatever home they were able to come up with. And on December 3rd, just a couple weeks ago, they were able to present this fully furnished home to Ebony and her children. The first time in their life that they ever had a house that was theirs. This was the homewarming. Throw that picture up on the screen. When Suzanne took Ebony to the house. I love when Ebony was talking to the reporters when reporting this. She said, you know, she goes, I just kept praying, God... You know, please help, help get me and my children someplace safe. And she said, I've never had a, furnish, a fully furnished home before. I've never had anyone ever help me like this before. I've been asking God to put us in a home before Christmas. And he really, really did. Now, I, I know that for many of us, the idea of getting a home for somebody just seems like an overwhelming and daunting task, and I'm not telling you that that's what God may want to do through you, but what if God is nudging you to do something for someone that you may think is a little thing, but to someone who receives it, it may be their miracle. You know what I've discovered in my 35 years that I've been alive or so, <laughs> or so? Never was good with math. I've discovered that God is always at work in people's lives. And sometimes when we least expect it, God uses us. And things that I've done for people that I thought was just a really small deal find out that had been exactly what they were praying for. Um, it's so interesting. Look, look at the, your outline again. Go back to the passage of Scripture. I, I know you probably haven't thought about this, but Matthew chapter 2, you remember the story of the Magi? It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshiped him. And we all picture that. And then we, we know the rest of the story. Read it with me out loud. And then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we read that, and we go, oh, that was so nice of them. They brought really nice gifts. Of course, the fourth, fourth wise man who brought fruitcake, he was rejected. You know, we, we, we all know that story. But we, we see that, and we just think that's such a, such a cool thing, and it was all about worshiping. But think this thought with me. Do you remember what happened after the birth of Christ? Do you remember what happened when Herod found out that the Magi weren't coming back? 
Remember the order that he made? Do you remember this? He ordered that children, boys, two years old and younger, be killed. Do you remember that? And remember how God spoke to Joseph and Mary, and they sent them down to Egypt? Do you remember that? How do you think Joseph and Mary survived? They used the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. You see, God had provided, before they ever needed it, provided them the commodities that they need so that they, that they would be taken care of. And I, I know the Magi had no idea that they, were, they weren't just there to worship, but that act of worship they did in presenting these treasures as they shared their provisions, it made a way for Joseph and Mary to be provided for. And again, sometimes that's a small ways, or sometimes it's maybe just God laying on your heart to pray for someone. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. If you remember the story, Peter's arrested. He's thrown into prison. Read it with me. It says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for them. And you remember what happened to Peter? He was set free as a direct result of the prayers of people. Now, if you don't think your prayers matter, look at me, they do. All I want to say is this. God is in the business of blessing people all around us. And sometimes the instruments of those blessings and miracles, ladies and gentlemen, are us. I just want to challenge you to be open to that. Let me give you one more. God can do miracles within us as well as around us. For some of us, the miracle that we need is not a miracle out here. It's not a miracle of provision or money or stuff. It's not even uh, a miracle of physical healing that we need. For some of us, it's peace in our heart. For some of us, it's the mending of our soul. For some of us, there is a brokenness within that we need God to do something special deep in here. And that can be the miracle too. Um, I, I love what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 when he was in a prison, either in Ephesus or Rome. And he was writing to the Philippian church. And, and, and I love how here's a guy in jail and here's what he says, don't worry about anything. Let that sink in for a second. If you're sitting in jail and you're writing a note to somebody, would that be the words you'd use? Oh, don't worry about anything. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, what should you do, church? Pray about everything. He says, tell God what you need and also do what? Thank him for what he's done. Now read it with me. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And maybe, maybe for some of us, that's the miracle we need. Not a miracle out here, a miracle of peace in here. Because some of us are in the middle of chaos. And we just need the steadying hand of God to let us know it's going to be okay. Maybe that's your miracle. You know, I know most of you saw in the news, um, week or so ago when those tornadoes went through uh, the Midwest, and I think there were 90-some people that ended up dying from that, and 
lots of destruction, which we well understand here in Oklahoma. And it was interesting to me to read the different stories about people and how they were coping with all of this. Uh, There was one woman named Whitney Brown who uh, had talked about, you know, just thanking everybody. She saw the outpouring of compassion from around the country, and she was deeply moved. And as she was talking about all that they had been through and how their burden had been lightened by the people who had encouraged them. And, and uh, she tells in the story about she went over to her, her brother Jordan's house. Uh, his house had been totally destroyed. Thankfully, they were able to get out, but the, the home was just wrecked. But what happened that day was amazing. Um, as she got there, throw that picture up on the screen. You could see Jordan's home. I mean, the roof's gone. Everything is just totally destroyed. And she said she was in the bedroom. Uh, they were going through stuff. They were trying to see if there was anything that they could uh, catch or pick up or save that, you know, hadn't been totally ruined. And uh, as they did that, she said she heard her brother uh, in the other room sitting at the piano. And this piano had been just beat up. Throw that next picture up on the screen, would you? She saw Jordan sitting at the piano and she said, of course, piano's been banged around. She said, it's not in complete tunes. I think some of the keys are missing. But Jordan, in the midst of this home that had been totally ravaged by a tornado, he was playing this song. She videotaped it. Play that video for me, would you? recognize that song? Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. You know, I watched this video. I, I just cried. And I thought, you know, God, only you, in the midst of a time when they had lost everything, could you lay your hand on someone's heart And give them enough personal strength and peace to sing or play a praise song to you in the midst of all of their loss. But that's exactly what Paul is talking about. I don't know the chaos that you're in or the struggles that you face. And I'm not going to tell you that God is always going to wave his hand and just make it all magically go away. But this is what I do know. He will be with you always. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he will be with you because he is our Emmanuel. And and maybe for some of us, that's the miracle we need. For God just to draw near and hold us right now. Inside your worship folder, I want you to pull out this little card. It's a little card on the front that says, A Miracle in a Manger. 
And that's who we've been worshiping today, this God who came from heaven to earth and was born in this manger. Jesus is our miracle. But this morning, I want to I do something just a, a little bit different. What's the miracle that you need? And what I want you to do is on, on the back of your card, it says, the miracle I'm praying for this Christmas is, and I want you to just write, what is that miracle? You may be praying for yourself, for something you're going through or something need that you have in your life. You may, be, you may want to put down a prayer that you're praying for someone else that you know that you're walking with who needs a miracle in their life. I don't know what your miracle is. Maybe it may be an external miracle, maybe an internal miracle. It doesn't matter. Today, what I'm going to ask you to do is believe that this is the God with whom everything really is possible. And this morning, I want you to just write down on that card what that miracle is. Rachel's going to lead us in singing that song that Jordan was playing. Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. And here's what I'd like you to do. We have a manger up front that already has all kinds of cards from the first service, from the miracles that that group was praying for. And I want to invite you to just put your miracle on there, what you're praying for. And while we're singing this song, just walk on by. You can put your card in there. And at the end, after we've sung this song through, I want to pray. And I want to ask God to show up and meet us here and perform some more miracles in a manger that we need today. This morning, I just want to challenge you. Take a step of faith. Ask God for the miracle that you need. And let's just see what God does. For those of you watching online, I know you can't be here. You can't put your card in. But right now, I want you to just take a moment. And if you too have a miracle that you need, I I want you to shoot us an email and say, Pastor, here's the miracle that we're praying for. Here's the miracle that I'm praying for. And let us pray for you as well today. And this morning as we take a moment to pray, I just want to give you just a moment to whisper your own prayer. There may be some of you that you just weren't physically able to get out and come, and that's okay. If you want to put your miracle on a card and drop it in the offering box as you leave today, that's okay. And we're going to put these all together, and we're going to be praying for you all week long this week for your Christmas miracle. Let's pray. Father, before us, this little manger represents the the most amazing miracle the world has ever known. That the creator of all the universe would love us so much that he would send his one and only son. And if you are a God who is willing to do that, then, Lord, I can't imagine that there's too much you wouldn't do for your children. And so this morning, Father, you know what's on every card. You know what's on every heart. You know every single need that we have, and you know the miracles that we need. Lord, I ask you right now that you would just pour out yourself upon each one of us. Lord, I pray today that you would meet us at our point of need. Lord, I pray that you would work some wonders in the midst of your people, that God would absolutely astound them. Just like my my pastor friend who had the whole hospital amazed at what you did in their midst for their grandson, Jeremiah. Lord, I pray that you would just bless our socks off this week. And that there would be things that may happen to us. There may be things that happen through us that you might allow us to be part of a miracle for someone else. Something, Lord, that when it's all said and done, there be no other explanation but to say, God has been here. God has shown up. And we bless his holy name. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you were willing to come for us today. And we believe now that you didn't bring us this far to leave us. That you truly will never leave us 
or forsake us. Bless us, Lord, with a miracle around us. Bless us with that miracle we need within us. In the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.